Today, you're listening to the Corporate Explainers podcast. We are your hosts, Gautam and Amate. We explore the various careers available in the world economy through interviews. We unclutter the world of business and help explain diverse roles and careers. Welcome listeners to the fourth episode of the Corporate Explainers podcast. Before I talk about today's episode, I want to thank all of our listeners who have sent us messages over these past couple of months to tell us their feedback and send us their encouragement. It is your support that motivates us to continue building this podcast and create content which will benefit a lot of people. Now, let's talk about today's episode. Today we have Chitra speak to us about what it's like to work as a hardware reliability engineer. She is currently working with Boeing in Bangalore and has had a wonderful journey up till now. The reason we wanted to have her on the show was to shed some light on the electronics industry in India and the careers it offers. We had a wonderful time speaking with Chitra and hope you would find the conversation insightful. Let's jump in. Hi Chitra, welcome to the Corporate Explainers podcast. We are extremely glad to have you with us today. I think the reason we wanted to speak to you is a lot of people graduating in electronics and hardware in India, but very few jobs are available and people do not have enough knowledge about these industries. So you have worked all your career in this field so we wanted to get some insights from you as to how you got into this core electronics uh, job and also what what it entails and what are the skills required. to be a to be successful in this field so uh, to begin off chitra why don't you introduce yourself a little bit and talk about what you are currently doing thanks for having me over amatya it is a real pleasure and honor to be able to help people bridge the gap between what they study and what they would they might expect to do in the future uh, i work for boeing currently as a hardware reliability engineer i graduated elec- electrical and electronics in 2012 Uh, i started my career as a power electronics designer uh, which is basically a conjunction of electrical as well as electronics as we move forward i'll explain how the two are different and then from there on i moved to hardcore electronics itself i further worked with flextronics as a component engineer and then i moved on to a startup called thinkpod technologies uh, who are into iot and automation i worked as a production engineer for them uh, further i again switched back to a little bit of design i worked for centum electronics as a design engineer wherein my domain was a little bit of component engineering a little bit of uh, design and i also had the good opportunity of a lot of exposure to a niche domain called reliability engineering which is what i'm doing now with boeing Yep, uh, that's quite interesting. But I think there are a lot of technical terms which uh, probably me and all of our listeners are not uh, quite uh, aware of. So I think you probably need to. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. So I think one interesting thing which I pick up from that is the word Boeing. I just wanted to understand what Boeing is and what are the different business lines they are currently operating in. Obviously, we don't need to get into the intimate details, but just an overview of what they do and what are the different parts of Boeing. Boeing is into as everybody is aware a, a lot into commercial aviation which becomes the identity on the forefront Boeing also has its 
strong presence in uh, space industry, wherein they manufacture launch vehicles and also uh, support a lot of satellites. Great share of the International Space Station was done from Boeing, either actively or passively, in association with NASA. And Boeing also has a very strong hold in military. And this is across more than 97 countries. So in each country, it has a different uh, set of rules that it has to follow. It adapts to the local environment and understands the military needs there and works with the defense uh, units that the country has. Right, right. Reliability engineer, it sounds like a very technical term. And uh, could you like delve a little deeper into it and talk about what a reliability engineer does and uh, what are the day-to-day activities a reliability engineer would do? Right. Uh, A reliability engineer, like the word says, is to give an overview of or say a minimum guarantee of how an electronic or how a product is supposed to work. As a hardware reliability engineer, I perform a set of calculations. It's analytical, it's mathematical. I put all these analysis together. I conclude from all the different viewpoints that I have of the design. There are also certain tests that are involved. At the end of all of this, we collate the results and try to understand for how long a certain design can work healthy under a given condition. Now, in terms of hardware reliability, uh, this reliability engineering um, stream itself came into being quite late into the other domains of, or uh, say the other industries in electronics. This came into presence primarily for space, wherein we send electronics, we send a satellite outside and there's no way of knowing whether it has failed or not. So uh, people understood that it is important to understand how long that circuit is going to work or what might lead to failure of that uh, circuit. So people started uh, putting together certain numbers. They started putting together certain rules and uh, there are ways in which you, uh, there are also restrictions in which you are supposed to operate systems that go into space, which is very different from how we operate systems on uh, Earth here. So all of that put together, there were certain prediction models that were arrived at to understand what might go wrong and how we can mitigate it if something should go wrong. And eventually people understood that this will have a great significance in other industries also, especially in life-saving industries or life-supporting industries like the medical industry, wherein uh, let's take a life-support equipment. When you are able to predict that the, the equipment is not going to fail for a certain number of years or certain number of hours of operation, it gives us a better clarity on when to service it, when to replace it, and how to operate it. Now further, this is going to, this has been put to use in um, other industries also, other industries I mean in the case of um, automotives. Now uh, this is put to use even in commercial industries where even things like a warranty claim is evaluated from how long, how we know how long the machine is going to work. Right, right. Uh, I think I would imagine uh importance of a reliability or a hardware engineer is much, much more in, say, working as uh, for the components which go into the International Space Station and the aircraft than what probably goes into my Fitbit or what goes into the television, right? So uh, could you talk about, like, the process which goes into the testing part? 
so could you give us step by step analysis as to the this is how we do it this is the first step this is the second step and so on and so forth just an overview of that okay the first and foremost quality that a reliability engineer a hardware reliability engineer must have is a clear understanding of the system now although we say hardware there is a a strong hold that software also plays when we are talking of hardware as in if you are going to take a device or say let's say for a simple example i'll give you a laptop now when you are talking of a laptop the motherboard is completely hardware but it has a processor which runs on a certain code and that code cannot be differentiated as a completely different entity from the hardware itself they work hand in hand as a reliability engineer what i will have to do is understand how the system is going to work in sync how it will work under ideal conditions how it it will work under recommended conditions and how it may still be put under extreme stresses if at all now these stresses may be environmental wherein uh, there may be a huge fluctuation in the temperature or the way the uh, laptop is handled there may be a lot of vibrations to the laptop it may be uh, handled ruthlessly it may be Uh, there there may even be times when the laptop is thrown and it hits a hard surface but you know such impacts should be accounted for when you are considering a system and on the software side there may be impacts wherein there could be a bug or a virus which may impact the complete operation of the system now to begin with i will have to understand how the system itself interacts among all its sub components so when i talk of the hardware i i first understand how the pcp or the design works how each component interacts with another component on the pcb and also understand how the software within the pcb is going to impact each and every corner of the same pcb and further i should also account for the predictable damages that it can foresee uh, in a few years or few months of exposure to a certain kind of environment uh, in the case of a laptop i may buy a laptop from here and take it to sub zero conditions i mean i may buy a laptop in india and i will take well, supposing i take uh, work on it in russia now the temperature variation is going to be huge i'll have to foresee that and make sure that the, the laptop does not collapse because it is sub zero conditions and the laptop is capable enough to sustain and you know produce enough heat within itself to keep it running under sub zero conditions also but again if i'm going to work with the laptop in extreme heat conditions it should not explode now all of those accountabilities although comes under the purview of design there is a very good chance that the scope of a designer may remain limited and when we are talking of larger systems the end usage could uh, is not always ideal now i a designer designs a system for ideal conditions in all good faith and hope that the system is not going to be abused but the reality is always as humans we abuse everything so mm-hmm. uh, as a reliability engineer what i do is i understand what those variations may be and there are test cases that are uh, put together to un- simulate certain of those uh, you know damaging impacts and mm-hmm. see how the system reacts to that if going to be a failure in such a case then we go back and see how to fortify the design 
either physically or on the terms of hardware or on the terms of software correct correct so if i buy a laptop say from russia do you think it would be uh, that laptop is specifically designed for that country and for that climate or laptops are generally designed for all of the different climates and different uh, working conditions generally traditionally laptops were considered to be commercial electronics now commercial electronics used to have a conservative conserv- understanding of a uh, temperature range of usage now within electronics uh, let me give an overview uh, first clarify sure, sure. the background within electronics industry itself a refrigerator manufacturer may not be able to manufacture a medical equipment like a pacemaker even if the kind of electronics that go into a refrigerator or a tv or a laptop may be quite similar to the kind of components physical components that go into a pacemaker these two cannot be manufactured by a single entity unless they understand the difference to put it in perspective in electronics industry there are several subcategories based mm-hmm. on how the end usage is going to be these are there is basically a commercial industry um there is one called industrial usage uh, one for automotive there is one for military and there is one for aerospace there is one more mm-hmm. for medical there may be further many more subcategories from these but broadly these are the kind of industries within electronics itself now these okay. industries are segregated based on how well or uh, how much or what kind of environment the end electronics is bound to take for a commercial uh, okay to begin with for a military grade equipment it a temperature stress from minus 55 degrees to plus 155 degrees celsius but in the case of a commercial mm-hmm. equipment like a television there is no way that i'm going to put it in an environment that is higher than 100 degrees celsius so for commercial correct, electronics correct. the consideration was conservative in terms that uh it was from minus 10 degree celsius to 70 degree celsius but now okay. with the advent of a lot of portable electronics uh we have you know the industries have started ad- uh, adopting to even higher range of temperatures especially on the negative side wherein they uh, go from minus 15 minus 20 degree celsius to a positive 70 degree celsius so in this case mm-hmm. now when you buy a laptop from russia you can use it in india and if you're buying a laptop in india you can still use it in canada got it got it i think that makes a lot more sense because companies want to have a global supply chain and having this sort of range makes it easier but that that necessarily does not hold true for military equipment because they can have it at one place and they need that inter climate operability and all of that right i think yes. uh, you clearly summarized it quite well saying that there are different parts in an electronic component which need to attra- uh, interact with all the other aspects of that component right i think now it is quite clear that what an reliability engineer does and what the whole process and the whole probably i would say the job role is about uh, why don't we like dial back a little bit and talk about your education and uh, so you graduated in electronics and electrical so how did that education help you and do you think that education in india has prepped you for the cutting edge advanced r&d research work which you are doing currently okay i graduated in 2012 in electrical and electronics and there were several papers that i had which have aided me in understanding the kind of work that i'm doing today 
but not entirely i began as a design engineer because as a, a fresh graduate the amount of opportunities that to my understanding were very uh, minimal i could either become a designer or i could become a maintenance engineer sorts uh the kind of variations in the uh, job role that a fresh graduate may have seems minimal from the perspective that a graduate may have solely from the education itself so there was one paper called uh, circuit theory which i was very interested in in my first year it's nothing but a set of rules on how to understand a circuit a lot of equations lot of laws all of that to uh, try and calculate voltage current power within a circuit how one circuit interacts with another just very primary uh, kind of understanding but i was highly enthusiastic about that paper quite ironic but i was always told as well as passively that the purpose of that paper was to uh, aid me in understanding other papers going forward not that it will become a it can become a stand alone uh, potential on its own but today what i'm doing is entirely based on what i learned in that paper and back in those days what was given to understand was if i have to be a designer i should know all these rules and all these laws but i do not have to be a designer mandatorily to be a, a reliability engineer i do not have to design a system to know how it works i can still be a good critic without having to be the designer uh, themselves so that kind of experience came only um, as i moved from one role to another in my corporate life but the exposure to this kind of industry was minimal to nil back when i was in college correct it's quite interesting that how one paper has inspired you so much that you even today go back to it and refer it and that you still use it in your day to day job it's quite amazing so you talked about how there are roles like a design engineer and a maintenance engineer could you talk a little bit more about the different opportunities available out there for people looking to work in the space of electronics one of the easiest and one of the most accessible roles that a, an electronics engineer can have is a component engineering role now this role is not uh, to popular knowledge at all and many people even tend to think that this is not of much importance but this is a solid uh, profile on its own it is niche and there are stalwarts who work who have been in this profile for 30 40 years and they they're still not outdated now even when i did work as a component engineer back in flextronics uh, there was a belief that automation is bound to take over component engineering role which is a myth a component engineer is basically one who understands each and every component now even when i talk of a resistor or maybe a diode there are many kinds of a resistor and diode and each of those kind has a different kind of operation different kind of electrical characteristics there are different physics involved in each sub type of components but in the education system itself uh, there is minimal exposure to uh, how many types there are and how uh, very different they are a lot of stress is given on trying to you know learn a lot of those equations by rote rather than trying right. to understand <laughs> how different they are physically and how different mm-hmm. they are practically and a lot of that knowledge comes when you finally get to see where one kind of component is used and why that is not used in another environment and for this kind of role is uh, 
quite easy and to grasp and also accessible for entry level engineers especially those from tripoli for engineers from electronics and communication engineering they can still find their way into different systems of communication although they can also try component engineering i personally feel uh, from what i have seen uh, between the courses of ece and tripoli that tripoli ha- uh, graduates have a better chance at understanding components than ece graduates might just that the kind of curriculum that uh, goes into tripoli gives them better understanding and better uh, sets a better background to understand how each component may, uh, might work although the kind of knowledge that they gather while they are studying is still limited when they go to work a lot of this knowledge can be sharpened uh, with experience mm-hmm. correct and uh, do you want to also talk about what a design engineer is and what that they do and also maintenance engineers yes you take any product it has to come from somewhere and that somewhere is the brain child of a designer there are many kinds of design engineers starting from as you know the smallest unit of measure which is a chip designer but it is highly complex to someone who designs a system maybe even an integration engineer all of these come under the category of design engineer in terms of hardware the scope varies from like i said uh, developing and designing how a particular chip is supposed to work which will be the smallest that you can begin at and then you can move on to design the or maybe a system an electric transmission system or a power generation system and then from there you can go on to uh, generate a power conversion system there on you can talk of different subsystems to give you an example uh, let's take a mobile phone the smallest mm-hmm. portion of this would be the processor itself and there would be an engineer called an asic engineer who would design how that processor is supposed to behave and from there the next level of engineer is someone who would have designed the motherboard of the mobile phone wherein they have taken into consideration what kind of activities the mobile phones is phone is supposed to perform all of these are put together interfaced on a pcb and that will be the next level further from there the actual purpose of a mobile phone is realized uh, when we are able to communicate using this so the next engineer would be uh, someone who has designed the system for communication so how inserting a sim card within the system, within the mobile phone is actually activating or establishing a channel wherein you can communicate uh, communicate and the next le- further level of engineer would have designed the telephone transmission towers uh, they would have uh, designed the the system for gps or many other subsystems that go into this communication system all these works when they work in tandem is when you can understand and realize the full potential of a mobile phone the kind of opportunities that we have is vast when you uh, understand and uh, take into consideration any system is working in association or in a mutual dependency with another system right i think it you quite clearly explained how each small part of a electronic component is taken up by a certain kind of an engineer and they all work together and i think probably reliability engineer comes at the end of the value chain probably after all of this is done they come in and do the testing and 
test the reliability of the system uh, is that correct no that is where the popular understanding is a little flawed uh, even to me a few years ago a reliability engineer was equal to a quality uh, assessment engineer now a quality engineer assess how a product works based on what the uh, uh, based on the working model of the product that they have in hand so i have a camera in my hand i try to click a picture if it clicks a picture and i can take a look at it then the camera works but that is the role of a quality engineer they are putting the camera to test under practical conditions provided it is already ready and available in hand but a reliability engineer works along with the design so throughout the cycle of development of the design a reliability engineer has work from the very first day when the design is conceived a reliability engineer comes into picture wherein they see whether this uh, design is even feasible for practical use so i i was just saying that story makes a reliability engineer sound like a wise old man sitting under a tree <laughs> just helping all the other engineers out with their ideas and their thoughts in fact yes a reliability engineer works with all the other engineers to ensure that their work is actually realized that's quite interesting i think that clears a lot of misconceptions which i had and also probably our listeners would have had right i think let's move on to little uh, lighter topics and i think it's getting too technical now uh, i being an electronic engineer i only feeling like oh my god I, i need to learn so much more stuff but it's quite interesting what you talk about i wish somebody had explained it as clearly as you did when i started uh, studying landing up at boeing i think would have been quite an awesome journey you would have gone through you did multiple internships you worked with multiple teams and you did a lot of hard work could you talk a little bit more about that journey as to how did you land up at boeing and what kind of work you put in what kind of work people should put in uh, you talked about how reading papers was a big influence in your career so could you share some tips and insights into uh, doing that i strongly believe that every little step i had taken towards my ambition has led me here uh, back when i had just begun studying engineering the only motivation i had was one of my seniors who kept um, kind of even insisting that there is a very uh, good future for triple uh, e wherein the very uh, most popular uh, faith in that day was that uh, a, an engineer um, you know a graduation in any computer course would fetch me much better uh, uh, value in terms of uh, money especially than be a hardcore engineer or a hardware engineer i started off with that faith that there is going to be a bright future and as such i was quite interested in physics so that helped me move forward and like i said i was very uh, very much interest, interested in circuit theory and also power electronics put together uh, with limited knowledge that i had i wanted to pursue a, a masters but due to due to various Uh, reasons i could not pursue at that point in time so i decided i will learn from my experience so i started off as a designer in power electronics domain when i was working primarily on uh, projects for power conversion which is uh, closely associated with electricity generation and transmission and from there i realized that my real calling was a lot into um, 
understanding components than I I had wanted to actually design systems. So when I find an uh, found an opportunity with Flextronics wherein I could you know improve in terms of understanding components, I took the opportunity and at a certain level I even felt that understanding components was the basics to designing better. So I thought even if it be for an interim period, I I would still go ahead and take this. Uh, when I took the opportunity, I realized that the potential was vast. When I say component, we think of a very limited number of components. But then each one, like I mentioned earlier, have has many variations to itself as we uh, as depending on where it is used. So that kind of exposure kind of um, motivated me to try and understand how many different varieties of areas where components may be used. The fundamental understanding of uh, or the easiest reach for an electronics engineer for a uh, complete product of electronics is commercial electronics. And my understanding of usage of electronics was only limited to what I saw as electronics in everyday life. But uh, when I first came to understand that electronics plays a major role in automotives, that was a period when um, you know, electric cars were picking up. So when I came to know that automotive industry holds a very good uh, scope for electronics, I wanted to understand better. And I coincidentally, it was good that I got placed in a couple of projects for automotive customers in Flextronics. Uh, which made me understand the different kind of qualifications that those components must go under. Those designs have to be put under certain kind of tests. All of that, uh, you know, was very good knowledge for me. And uh, moving on, I wanted to understand how this very difference is implemented. Now, uh, now I had theoretical knowledge of uh, what kind of component goes into which kind of industry. Now, I wanted to see all of this being realized. So then I moved on to a startup where uh, we had uh, we were designing a, an IoT for automation. This was primarily for home automation and a little bit for industrial as well. And in this uh, startup, ThinkPod Technologies is where I had the first-hand exposure to actual assembly of components, actual making of PCB. Uh, since it was a startup, it helped me greatly in trying uh, pursuing different roles at the same time and uh, having easier access to a lot of processes uh, within the company. That helped me learn a, a lot of different areas where I could see software and hardware coming together. Until then, I, well, to be honest, I kind of desisted software in the sense that they were earning a lot, but then they were also getting a lot of uh, praise and recognition. While despite being passionate about what I was doing and uh, despite the fact that it required that there is a hard need for a hardware in order for a software to be realized, uh, hardware engineers were far less recognized. I would despise the fact and I would even desist speaking to software engineers at that point in time. It was quite outrageous. But uh, at, in that startup, it gave me a clear uh, view of how and why both are important for a system to remain healthy. Now, I may have a hardware in hand, I may have a PCB in hand, but without a software in it, without a code in it, it is just a dummy. For it to automatically work and make my work easier, 
uh, we need a software. So that kind of exposure gave me very good understanding of the complete system. That is when I got the opportunity at Centum Electronics, uh, where I beca uh, became a design engineer. As part of the design team, I was uh, looking after reliability engineering. Uh, Centum Electronics is into defense and aerospace, which again worked in my favor because I was always interested a lot in, uh, especially in military, uh, in aerospace, of course, but especially in military because, uh, you know, it was fascinating to know that there is a lot that goes on in secrecy and I wanted to know how it was. <laughs> right. So uh, this opportunity helped me. And from the knowledge that I had earlier, I could put all of that to use. Wherein for the first time I could predict how long a design would work and uh, how well it will work, where it is going to work and what I recommend it to work under. So all of this was like a turning point. It was a sheer thrill to, you know, finally have uh, kind of the upper hand the, where I put my foot down and say, this is going to work in this condition, but it is not going to work in another condition. Now that gave me an edge and that gave me further confidence that that I can understand, uh, I mean, I, I am very good at understanding a design more than I am good at uh, designing a system. That is where I understood that I can really pursue a career where I do not have to put my brains into designing something and earning my buck there. Instead, I can still find, sit here, royally find fault with someone else's design and still earn my buck. <laughs> I'm paid to uh, find faults, so I kind of love my job. <laughs> That's an awesome story. I think your story is coming, coming out quite clearly that you tried your hands at multiple things. You learned along the way and you learned through working at projects and through your life experiences. And then you are doing something like a reliability engineer, where, as you mentioned earlier, that you are part of all the processes and not just looking at one system. So it's quite clear as to how that progression happened. And I think I would recommend this to everybody uh, who's probably listening to the episode and even generally like try out multiple things in turn with a different, with different startups, work on different projects, do a lot more than what probably is being taught at universities or at colleges, right? Yes, absolutely. You said it. Uh, the more you try and explore, the more you tend to learn. If I had kept myself to the limited ideologies that uh, an electronics engineer can only design, then I would have probably pursued a master, sat in a desk, and then not moved from there at all. But then the, the need to understand how everything works, the want of, uh, you know, the, the craving to try and understand more, learn more is what drove me to this point where I find my comfort zone. It was definitely not wherever I went, although the work environment was comfortable, I always felt that there is a small portion that I still wanted to learn. I still do feel, despite having found my comfort zone, but then I finally know where I belong. So that, unless you have satisfied your inner question mark on, uh, unless you have answered your inner question on whether you are doing what you really want to do, don't stop. And as much as you can uh, connect with people as much as you can explore with the opportunities that you have in hand the better it is absolutely i agree with you 100 percent on that i think i'll probably close by asking one question since you are from 
the core electronics industry and uh, you are into manufacturing how do you see manufacturing of electronic components in india how how is the future like would you recommend people to get on this industry and pick up electronics in the future or or not yes absolutely when we started out the kind of production units that we had in india was very minimal we had about um, hardly two or three big players in the country and very few locations where they set up factories and produced electronics but today every kind of industry wants to make in india especially after the uh, the initiative by the prime minister every industry wants to make in india and they have already started setting their foot in and the kind of exposure that uh, engineers today have are far more than what engineers had a little earlier and going forward also the kind of uh, diversity that electronics has is in fact far beyond what we can perceive today uh, back in the 70s or even in the 90s no one would have imagined that nearly about 80% of automobile would be electronics but today it is and going Correct. forward Correct. we know that anything and everything would uh, entail an automation or uh, artificial intelligence all of that requires a certain um, skeleton to work on and that skeleton is what electronics is so it definitely has a very good future no matter which kind of industry you choose within electronics it could range it could be commercial it could be industrial industrial earlier i had uh, explained different uh, variations um it could be anything uh, it could even be military now our military capability of india is improving greatly boeing itself has set up an r&d here in india and we also have uh, many other players who, now most recently tesla has uh, set up office in bangalore we have a lot of uh, opportunities going forward and we are sending out more satellites than we ever did into space and Correct. we will be sending out uh, soon we'll be sending humans also so we need a lot of electronics for all of that it's not just about the the propulsion and the fire that comes from the tail of a rocket it's also about what goes into sustaining the rocket's operation sustaining the satellite sustaining our communication with the outside space so all of that is done by electronics and the the, the potential the opportunities are vast correct and i think even in the military aircraft currently or the uh, the new generation military aircrafts i think it's the avionics component which is probably giving an edge to companies and even to countries now so yeah i completely agree with you and i think this is very good news to people who are listening and wanting to get into the field of electronics and electrical engineering that there are a lot of jobs out there there is a lot of growth which is probably going to happen so yeah it's good time to get in and uh, i think to conclude i think it's important that people get go out there experiment experiment learn new things try out their hand at different components different systems learn a lot of stuff thank you chitra for spending time with us today absolutely amazing uh, speaking with you i think i studied electronics for four years i think a lot of things became clear today than what they did uh, during four years of my engineering so thanks thanks a lot and i think all the listeners you should go out and uh, follow chitra she is also an amazing writer so you could probably read up some of her articles she has probably written thank you amatya and in case you want to um experiment even going forward i'd recommend that you can always and never please never take guilt in uh trying to experiment with components 
you're free to do so. And if you burn a few components in the process, it's actually good. You learn how much you can stress it. You actually learn <laughs> where it breaks. And that is good knowledge. I have broken many systems in my life. So that has given me a lot of knowledge on why shouldn't stress beyond a certain point. So anything and everything is learning and never be shy of trying to explore. Never worry that something is going to go wrong. Only if you go wrong, you know, where mistakes tend to happen and you learn from your mistakes. Right. I think that's a very good advice and I think we'll end on that note. Thank you and stay tuned.